It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We have another great show planned for you today. And uh, thrilled to have in studio with me, uh, REMAX award-winning realtor, Karen Levine. Karen, it's great to have you here as my guest chick. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the real estate market in the second segment. Excellent. And then third and fourth segment, we'll be talking with the actor Kevin Sorbo. Uh, he was Hercules, and they have a he and his wife uh, Sam Sorbo have a new movie that's coming out, Miracle in East Texas. So that's going to be fun. That'll be awesome. So Steve, you have your ears on. What do you want to say? Not only award winning, but she has recently been in the president's uh, presence of the Donald. Oh, that's oh, yes. right. That's right. We, well, see, you are a. Um, on the National Association of Realtors. Is, am I saying that correctly? Correctly. Okay. And so you go back to, to Washington, D.C. once do. a year. Once a year. And so, well, tell us, tell us about that. Well, it was awesome. We um, invite the president every year. Um, we do what we call Storm the Hill in D.C. in May. And um, we had not seen one of our uh, presidents for 12 years. And President Trump... Um, announced on Wednesday that he would come and address us on Friday. And um, he spoke to us for over an hour, which was fabulous. Mm -hmm. And he talked about the accomplishments that um, he has made since he was in office. And we talked about things that were important to the realtor party, um, opportunity zones and health care for associations. And um, it was a fabulous hour and very encouraging. I tell you, that guy has so much energy. I mean, I, I can't believe uh, to, to do so many speeches. Um, I think he survives on four or five hours of sleep a night. It's amazing. Yeah, he tweeted um, first thing in the morning he was in New York City that he would be in our presence addressing us that afternoon. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, you know, New York one hour, you know, and D.C. You, and you were in line. So you had good seats, though, right? I did. I got in line at just a hair before 8 a.m. They opened the doors at 11.15-ish. You know, we had to go through security, metal detectors, etc. Got in the ballroom and waited. He was to address us about 2. And I commend him. He was only 15 minutes late, which that- I think is pretty awesome. For President of the United States, I yeah. do think that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. well, it's great to have you here. This is going to be a fun, fun show. Uh, but jump in um, on, on some kind of things that we do every morning. And that is, first of all, you know, socialism, uh, there is a big move towards socialism. So my friends, you know, the kids are home from school this summer. So you need to be doing your communications with them. Socialism is force. You need to remember that. Now, it may be force for the children, force for transportation, force for housing, but it is force. And we are freedom people here in America. So we need to look at these candidates. We need to look at these issues as freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Again, socialism is not social. It is force. It is never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, or freedom 
via force, whether it's with a weapon, policy, or unpredictable and over-taxation. And as uh, Ph.D. millennial Stephen Kessler, he has three questions that he asks socialists slash liberals. And that is, do you have any skin in the game? Are we bringing people up or are we yanking them down? And you felt good, but did you do good? And uh, we've seen the socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. And we're going to talk about a headline on this that all of you should be very concerned about. Before we do that, though. Thank you to the team, producers Steve, Zach, Patty, and Keith, for your support, your good work. And to all you listeners out there, thank you. I love hearing from you. Go to my website, merichicks.com, and sign up for my emails. And uh, if you have anything you want to say, you can go through the website and let me know. Or uh, it's uh, merichicks.com forward slash Kim. Send me an email. I would love to hear from you. You are each valued and treasured. So for our inspiration today, I thought, hey, let's see if there's any quotes by Kevin Sorbo. And there is. He says, I'm not going to let other people set my limitations. Again, I'm not going to let other people set my limitations. And that is Kevin Sorbo. We'll be talking to him in the third and fourth segment. And I've got a joke for you. Are you ready, Steve? Bring it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, okay, and I was looking for con man jokes, okay, because, because of the movie, the right? movie Miracle in East Texas is, is about a couple of con men. So this is what I found. This is from Joke Buddha. <clears throat> it says, a convicted con man was recently found to be impersonating a lawyer in New York City, to which one judge remarked, I should have su- suspected he wasn't a lawyer. He was always so punctual and uh, polite. There you have it. <laughs> Okay. Truer words, never spoken. (laughs) Okay, the headline that I want to make sure that we talk about today, because we want to talk about um, the real estate market in the second segment, and this is from i2i.org. That is the Independence Institute. And this is a piece that says the forgotten stakeholder, the forgotten stakeholders, green transportation will be funded by underpaid workers. It says the indirect and in some cases the direct consequences of the Colorado Green New Deal will not be pretty. Among the bills comprising the stream of environmental legislation is Senate Bill 239, which Governor Jared Polis signed into law this year. Senate Bill 239 aims to reduce carbon emissions by de-incentivizing taxis and small delivery cars. Those are vehicles used for commercial purposes, as the bill puts it. This excludes vehicles delivering freight, wholesale delivery, and constructing new electric vehicle infrastructure and improving public mass transit. Now, a commercial vehicle, as defined by the bill, is a broad concept. It includes vehicles operated by rideshare services like Uber and Lyft, taxis, rental car agencies, and those used for residential delivery of goods. So that's going to be like when Grubhub brings uh, brings Hooters uh, shrimp over to the, the my house like they did last night. So this is from Lyft to your local pizza parlor to Amazon's residential de- delivery service. And it, they will all be hit by 239. Once it goes into effect, the bill will, Im- will impose environmental fees. Okay, again, fees uh, so that they can get around Tabor on companies that operate commercial vehicles. The revenue generated will then be used to fund the uh, aforementioned green alternatives. EV infrastructure, and expanded mass public transit. The mechanics of this fee collection and subsidy program are hazy. However, 
We don't know whether the fees will be levied on a per-vehicle basis, a per-mile-driven basis, or if it will be some other charge entirely. Okay, at this point, this is where we need to talk about this. How many people do you know that are making a living uh, either doing Uber or Lyft, or in fact, they are augmenting their other jobs with that? What this bill is going to do, or how about you know, doing a delivery service like Grubhub or DoorDash or something like that. How many people do you know, just, you know, everyday people that are putting in extra hours so they can earn some extra money for their family? What this, what this 239 is going to do is there's going to be additional fees or taxes. It's going to be more expensive for them to get the vehicle they want. So if they're pushing everybody into mass transit, for example, last night when the Grubhub guy or gal brought over the, the Hooters um, shrimp that we had, that could not have happened via uh, mass transit. It couldn't have happened on a bicycle. And so well, we might have got it this morning. <laughs> we might have gotten it this morning is right. But look at how this is going to affect everyday hardworking people that are just trying to make ends meet. It is it is uh, it's beyond me, Karen. Do you have any comments on that? Well, um, I have friends and family who um, utilize Lyft and Uber as additional income. And don't you think part of this bill is to put those type of um, opportunities out of business? Because if you can't make money at doing it, you probably won't do it. Well, and I think that you've, you've hit the nail on the head is these planners, these politicians, these bureaucrats, and these interested parties, uh, they do want to put them out of business because they want to move everybody onto a mass transit, whether or not it's trains or, bike, or, trains or buses or on bicycles. And as we talked about it yesterday, there is no way. Yesterday was bike-to-work bike uh, day. and <laughs> See, I was so, so disappointed that you didn't have your bicycle helmet and your spandex on and bike-to-work yesterday. You would have had to leave about 2.30 in the morning to get over here. Wait a minute. We live rather close to each other, and if you didn't do it, <laughs> I'm expected to do it? Well, I'm, pretend, I'm, I'm pretending like I'm an elite. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay, got it. So anyway, can you, uh, you guys, this is so concerning. These people, and this goes back to you felt good, but did you do good? So these people say, hey, I'm taking care of the environment, but in essence, they are taking away the economic prosperity and well-being of everyday hardworking people. And so, uh, I, you know, we just, uh, I, I'm not quite sure how we push back exactly on this, except we may, need to know what these people stand for and uh, need to vote them out at the, the ballot box the next time. So I think we can get to one more um, headline here, and that is, let's go to the national articles. Number one is the not-so-new Green Deal. The Green New Deal will have the same bad outcomes as the old New Deal. This is from fee.org. It's been eviscerated by economists, pounded by political analysts, and sunk in the Senate. Yet the Green New Deal is still part of the public discourse and is still lending political traction to Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The main reason for this is that climate alarmism remains a useful tool for vote-seeking politicians and virtue-signaling activists. But the Green New Deal also plays into the 1930s narrative of the wise government saving America in dire times. 
The false narrative, of, uh, first of all, the Great Depression started in October t- uh, 1929. It's now known as Black Tuesday, when the stock market crashed. In November, President Hoover had met with American business and trade union leaders, <clears throat> and in a strategy that anticipated John uh, um, Keene's playbook, um, persuaded them to demand for goods and services had to be kept high in order to spur an economic recovery. Despite these historical and statistical facts, the narrative still claims that Hoover made the Depression worse by insufficient intervention. Yet his political rival, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Delano Roosevelt, FDR, won the 1932 election by promising to reduce government interference and to adhere to market principles. Once in office, however, Roosevelt did exactly the opposite. So in November 1932, when he was elected president, Roosevelt published a collection of speeches titled Looking Forward, and the phrase the New Deal came from that. And uh, there are many, if you really look into it, that they blame the, uh, the, the blame of the, uh, the Great Depression actually goes to these particular policies that these guys put in. So we're going to go to break. Um, these are important discussions that we need to have. Uh, and uh, going back to this uh, Senate Bill 239, you know, what do they say? That it is a recession when your neighbor loses your, their job. It is a depression when you lose your job. And this 239 is going to cause a lot of people, a lot of hardworking people that are either full-time or on a part-time basis augmenting their income via rideshare or delivering food. And that is going to actually take their jobs away. And so it creates a depression, if you will. So we're going to go to break here in just a moment. But first of all, the Rockies took the series with the San Francisco Giants yesterday. They beat the Giants 6-3. to three. They come home tonight for a four-game stand against the L.A. Dodgers. And as you know, Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. And last night, Karen, the girls came over. They did? And I did not get any of that shrimp yet. Oh, and the wings were also excellent. Okay. You know, because what do they do? They take the calories out, right? Yeah, this, the, right. This was the smoked <clears throat> wings, mm-hmm. which are half the calories. But I think that shrimp must be, you said you got one? I got one. It was awesome. <laughs> and I thought, ooh, I would have another. Ha, very funny. They were gone. <laughs> they were gone by the time you got back. But uh, Hooters, uh, great food, and uh, it's a great place to watch all these games. Uh, it's the place to be this summer. You can enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and this mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. Hooters is, has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. And I love this, Karen. They have nine items for 9 bucks, 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. There's nine delicious menu items. And uh, so a great place to go in, you know, maybe if the Rockies are on in the afternoon. It's a, a pl- great place to, to watch the game. So dine in. You can have uh, your Hooters uh, wings to go, or you can have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. Let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We will be right back. Karen Levine, award-winning realtor, is in studio as my guest chick. We're going to find out what's going on in the real estate market. We'll be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. 
You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And in studio with me as my guest chick is a valued partner as well, and that's Karen Levine. If you are thinking of buying or selling your house, Karen Levine is the person to talk to. We've no, I'm not even going to say how long we've known each other because people will start to say, well, there's no way unless they're not that they, old. Yeah, right? Exactly. But we've known each other for a long time, and you are an award-winning realtor. You know this business, and if, uh, if in fact, you know, people are thinking about buying or selling, you can really help navigate that, that crazy market out there. I certainly try, and I think I'm pretty successful. And if people want to reach you, your phone number is 303-877-7516. That's uh, 303-877-7516. But let's, let's jump in here. What are you seeing in the uh, metro real estate market right now, Karen? Well, the market is changing, and we have, for the last four years or so, been talking about it being a seller's market, how um, homes are coming on the market um, on a Thursday and multiple offers are flying in and they're under contract on Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a change in that pace um, since the beginning of the year. Um, we believe that part of the slowdown was because we had a unusual um, winter. Well, we actually had winter, which was lovely. and um, But this spring was quite long. And um, so we saw people entering the marketplace a little bit late, um, but not in the numbers that we have seen in the past. Um, a lot of buyers' complaints have been they've had to make decisions on buying properties quickly and maybe not having many choices. So the beauty of what we're seeing in the changing market is there are more options in the market for buyers, and um, they have a couple of more days for consideration. But don't be fooled. Um, we're seeing that new listings... Um, we're up 16.9% from last May. And these are May statistics. We'll be seeing our June statistics here in about 10 days. That's significant. It is significant. But what's interesting is under contracts, we're up 13.4%. So if I were to look at that, we're still absorbing a significant amount of the units that are coming on the marketplace. Um, Solds were up just a little bit, um, but again, our medium and average sales price continue to rise. And in the Metro Denver area, um, the medium sales price is now at four twenty-two. Okay, and and do you have a percentage of what that is? That's two point nine percent up from a year ago. So we're not seeing. We were seeing, you know, ten and twelve percent there for a couple of years. So this is pretty typical to see two to five percent is okay. a healthy market. Um, so one, we need to make sure that sellers are in the hands of a professional realtor. And I say a realtor because we adhere to the um, National Association Code of Ethics, and we have chosen to be 
um, part of the realtor um, team, part of the realtor okay. club. And um, we, so it's like an association then with certain standards. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And not all licensees in the state of Colorado have chosen to be realtors. So there's a difference between realtor and real estate agent. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. That. So I would encourage um, consumers to look at the benefit of, of hiring a realtor over a real estate uh, licensee. Got it. Um, we're going to bring um, generally more knowledge. We're generally full-time agents and um, we're engaged in our communities and um, education, etc. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, so what's also interesting is, you know, affordability is a challenge mm-hmm. um, and we can, we continue to see that and the affordability um, index um, is actually improved a little bit, not tremendously, but things have become a little more affordable. And I think that's reflective in the fact that um, condominium and townhome units, um, they increased 20% as far as new listings on the market. Um, now, is that is that new condos? And- no, no, no. That's just new properties coming on the market. Okay, because there's not that many new condos and townhomes because of that crazy uh, construction Con- defects legislation. Correct. And um, But we are starting to see... Um, the insurance um, getting a little bit more affordable in um, In that arena, in that arena, not excessively, but we're seeing cities figuring out workarounds. And um, I had the privilege of hearing the city manager of Wheat Ridge and they're not doing any condominium development, but they are doing some townhome development ownership units um, at the new station at Ward Road and I think it's 40th, 44th, it's the new um, line, the gold line that goes down to Union Station. And that'll be lovely. It's actually on the old um, Jolly Rancher uh, land. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's getting developed. So that's exciting. And, um, and you know, the thing about it, Carol, uh, Karen, we talked a little bit about it last time, is affordability. First of all, condominiums, I remember, you know, years ago, it used to be that that was a way for people to start to, you know, they would have ownership of the condo and they would create, start to create equity. And then they could sell that condo and take that equity and move on up to a house. Mm -hmm. And so what has been so frustrating is to not have that, that initial um, opportunity to do that. Instead, we're seeing all these apartments that are being subsidized and they're being kind of green lighted if they don't have, um, you know, enough parking. This is, seems to be what the planners have want people to move into. And it's, that's not that different than, I mean, that's really kind of the socialization again of housing because it prevents people from buying that asset that they start to create wealth with. Well, and when you own something, you take ownership of it, you take responsibility for it. You take care of it. You take care of it, and you are dependent on yourself. When you rent, you're dependent on someone else who then controls, in some regards, your destiny. Right, because so, they can raise your rent next, the next time your lease is up. Exactly, exactly. So I think um, what is concerning is you see as we reflect on some of these policies, some of these new legislative issues, et cetera, all of them are taking responsibility and control away from us. And um, without that, we can't be independent as we were really created to be. And that is one of the things that you do on the National uh, Association of Realtors is, I mean, I know it's on your heart to try to protect these private property rights. And you have significant conversations about it. 
We do. And it's, it's, it's exciting that we have the opportunity in the ears of our legislators, both locally and in Washington. And today, when I finish up here, we will be having our city council lunch with Denver City Council, where we'll have the opportunity to talk to the many newly elected council people, I believe, um, to hopefully uh, get their ear on what's important to home ownership in the metro area and specifically Denver. I would like you to ask uh, Candy Sidabaka, who says that she thinks that we should live communally. <laughs> what we think? Anyway, I'm not going to have you make a comment. I know you're. Going, I'll be but, appropriate. Yeah. I know that you will. So, now um, we're going to talk to Jason McBride here in just a minute. But you said that there are some other new players coming into the market as well. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, I'm sure most of um, your listeners, you know, have the radio on and they've heard um, advertisement about Open Door and maybe Zillow. And these are new players into the real estate um, marketplace. And, um, you know, the traditional real estate agent or traditional realtor, many of them um, are are a little taken back by some of these new business models. I find it kind of exciting. It's new competition in the marketplace. And um, if they're successful, obviously they're meeting a need of the consumer. But Open Door, for example, um, encourages you to reach out to them and ask for an offer on your home. And they will um, buy your home for cash and they will close on a timeline that's appropriate for you, which sounds lovely when you don't have to open your door to, you know, 20, 30 people Mm -hmm. coming through an open house, you know, Mm -hmm. people's mud on their shoes, et cetera. Um, But the thing I would like to encourage people is, you know, get that information, but also make sure that you consider the free market opportunity that putting your home on the market avails you and, you need to know that if they're going to buy it out, right, mm-hmm. you're typically probably going to net a little less money. Right. Um, they're going to give you an offer, which is the first step. Then they're going to come into your home and give you the list of repairs that must take place before they'll take ownership, which is a cost out of pocket. Um, and then there's fees, obviously, associated with their services. Um, so I just encourage you, if you're prompted to want to do that, make sure you also talk to a traditional agent or realtor as myself, and understand what the pros and cons of your opportunities are. As you would if you are out shopping for a car, you would go to several different dealerships. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm excited to see um, if it brings a good product to the marketplace, but I also caution people to make sure they know what their options are um, because you will probably, in most cases, walk away with a little less money but the convenience might be worth that. Okay. Well, Karen Levine, that is really fascinating. So uh, we're going to go to break here in just a minute, but your phone number again, it's 303-877-7516, 303-877-7516. And we have Jason McBride on the line. Jason McBride, what is on your mind? Well, uh, Kim, I see you're going to have uh, Kevin Sorbo on today, and he'll be talking about a movie about some, uh, you know, oil kind of <coughs> swindlers, I guess, and... <laughs> You know, I thought I, it, it's kind of a funny coincidence. One of my favorite uh, movies of all time was on last night, and I watched it. Uh, it's called There Will Be Blood, which it sounds like a horror movie, but mm-hmm. it's actually about kind of the old-time uh, oil swindlers. Have you ever seen that No, one? I haven't. Oh, it's it's really good. You should ask Kevin if he's uh, seen it or okay. is familiar with it. But okay. uh, aside from that, it also made me think that... You know, energy is still one of the only spots in our stock markets that's still relatively cheap compared to the rest of the market. While 
the most of the major indexes or many of them are close to new all-time highs. Uh, if you look at energy as a group, and I'm just kind of looking at an exchange-traded fund that invests diversified in a lot of energy, uh, yeah, that's still about 42% off of its all-time highs. Uh, it's about 22% off of its recent highs, and that includes uh, a lot of your big companies like Exxon, Chevron, Conoco, but the energy space in general still does have some value in it. Uh, some of these, these big energy companies pay pretty decent dividends as well uh, compared to a lot of the other Dow or S&P stocks. And, Kim, one other area that's related to energy is what are called master limited partnerships. And most of these invest in, like, the pipelines and the transport. And an MLP is just a tax structure, but... You know, these companies are, are looked at more like toll roads where they're less affected by the price of oil. Uh, they're more affected by the demand and the transportation of oil and gas and just contracts that are put on the pipelines. And a lot of those pay pretty uh, pretty juicy dividends as well. Okay. Well, and that's very interesting. And, you know, sometimes when it's uh, most difficult to buy a stock is, or, or, you know, an investment is when it might be a really, really good thing to add into your portfolio. But now, Jason, you will sit down with people and you will take a look at their portfolios because, as we were just mentioning regarding this uh, Senate Bill 239, what is most important to people is their own personal economy. And it's astounding to me over there on that that they're going to start to go after, you know, everyday hardworking people trying to augment their, their income. But what my point is, is your personal, in, your personal well-being, your personal prosperity, is that's what is so important to people and that's what you specialize in. Well, we do. Again, it's important to be aware of the big things that are going on in the world and the laws. But at the end of the day, uh, if it's not affecting your account balance in a positive or negative way, uh, you know, why worry too much about it? Be more concerned about your plan. When would you like to retire or do you even want to? And how are you going to create, uh, you know, what I heard somebody coin as a play check at one point once you are retired. So you want to continue uh, to have a dependable income that you don't have to worry about every time the stock market makes a move that you don't like. Uh, I wouldn't want to spend my entire retirement worrying that I was going to run out of money, and I think that's one of the fears we really try to assuage when we work with people. Well, that is, that is really important. So, Jason McBride, um, if you want more information, we have our landing page. It's chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. There's all kinds of great information there, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, Jason. Sounds great, Kim. Thank okay. you. Have a great day. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we will be talking with Kevin Sorbo about his new movie, Miracle in East Texas. We'll be right back. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Auto FireGuard for sponsoring this fascinating exploration of the U.S. Constitution and sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. Kim Munson 
everyone looks forward to celebrating U.S. Constitution Week in Grand Lake. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with me guest chick Karen Levine and uh, thrilled to have on the line uh, actor Kevin Sorbo. Kevin, welcome to the AmeriChicks. Good to be back. How are you guys doing this morning? We're doing great and uh, excited to have a conversation about this new movie that you have uh, coming out, Miracle in East Texas. It sounds uh, it was uh, it's a great script. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Set it up for us, because uh, first of all, is it out or will it be out soon? Well, we're hitting the film festivals right now. We've done two. We won awards at both of those. We have four more lined up. Um, we're in talks with uh, a couple distribution companies right now. Here's the battle. The battle for these small uh, independent movies is competing against these $300 million, you know, Avengers and Star Wars movies that Hollywood keeps putting out there. And, you know, they're big, they're big budget movies. They make a lot of money. So Hollywood's going to stop making them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not opposed to those myself. I enjoy going to see them. They're a great ride. But, you know, me, I became an actor because I want to do movies that uh, make people think, move people, make them laugh, make them cry, make them, you know, can compare themselves to the characters up on screen, whatever it may be. And these are the type of movies I've been doing for the last 10 years. And this one is, is no different from that. And uh, it's a wonderful script written by Dan Gordon. Dan Gordon's Academy Award-nominated writer. He wrote uh, The Hurricane, Denzel Washington. He wrote Wide Earp, Kevin Costner. He was the showrunner on The Highway to Heaven for Michael Landon. He wrote 60 of those episodes. And wow. this is a script he wrote a long time ago and wanted to get it done. And it's just an amazing, true story. And you did this movie with your wife, Sam, right? She stars in it as well? Um, she, she stars in it as well, but we also have the amazing uh, Lou Gossett Jr. We have John Ratzenberger. We have Tyler Maine. Uh, a lot of people in the in the wrestling world know who Tiger Maine is, but... Uh, Fans of him on screen know him as Sabretooth in all the X-Men movies. <laughs> well, tell us about the movie then. It, it looks like it's, good, it's really a, a fun story. Well, it's a true story. It's set in 1930s about two con men, played by myself and John Ratzenberger, that would go through Oklahoma and Texas wooing widows on, uh, and to invest uh, their money on fake oil wells. And wherever they went, they would sell... 500% of, of the shares, and then they would declare a dry hole, and they would leave. Well, what happens in East Texas is they actually strike oil. True story. And it's the largest oil find in the history of the world at that time. Uh, my character wants to get the heck out of Dodge because I know that, we're, hey, we can't bring this in. We'll go to jail. And he says, I've always wanted to be an oil man, John Ratzenberger's character. Um, and so we bring it in. He talks to me to bring it in. Of course, we end up going to jail. Enter... Um, uh, roughly a character named L.D. Hines, roughly based on the uh, real-life character Lamar Hunt. And I think we know that name. Mm-hmm, and the Hunt mm-hmm. brothers, has hit, who went on to own the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, cornered the stock market, the silver market back in the 1980s. Right. I think. Uh, and so he comes in and buys up all the worthless shares, and he pays back, uh, gives real shares to all the people that in- invested in, uh, black people and white people. It's a wonderful movie about... Uh, uh, you know, dealing with race issue, but more in a positive way where people got together and actually worked together, which like I said is the true story. 
And um, my character says, well, wait a minute, we, we found the oil. I said, what, 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 we, we get nothing? He says, son, you get your freedom. And freedom ain't free. <laughs> so, and it's, uh, in Orlando, we won uh, the family favorite movie. And in the uh, film festival in Houston, it won best romantic comedy. So I love the fact that it's going already clicking down these different avenues of people because it's not a movie you can pigeonhole as one thing. It's, it's, it's a movie for, um, for everybody. And uh, I, I put it in the blind side thing. You know that the movie had a, uh, a faith element to it, which this movie does as well, but it's not in your face. It's not something that's going to be preachy. It's just a great, wonderful ride uh, and true story set, set about these two, these two flim-flam men and um, where they have to find uh, their own redemption and the way they've been living their lives and conning people. Oh, that sounds great. In fact, Steve, before you came on, he said, I already told Kevin that I can't wait to see this movie and, and uh, you know, don't, you don't have to worry about all the, the language. I, you know what, Kevin, I don't see very many movies just because it seems like I'm working all the time. But uh, I really want to take the time to make sure that I see this one. It, it sounds like it's uh, just, you know, just a great story. And, Kevin, I guess we'll move over to then uh, talking about art. I've always said to my kids that we want to celebrate the human spirit. You know, art, education, things have gotten so dark in art. And life is tough enough. It seems I, I've always wanted if I, I'm going to listen to music or read a book or see a movie, I, I want something that, you know, is a story. A, it can be a story of life, but yet a story that lifts people up. Would you comment on that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, everything I see coming out on cable and TV is, is exactly what you just said. It seems to get more evil and more dark. Um, I'm not a prude in any way, but you say after a while, it's like, does everything got to be that overly sexualized? Does everything mm-hmm. got to be that that mean to, to people? And that, uh, I mean, the violence itself, it's, you guys, these are the same people that want to get rid of guns. And go, well, you want to get rid of guns? Well, then stop making movies that deal with nothing but people killing people with guns. You know, so... <laughs> It's, it's, it's weird to me that uh, this is the road that uh, they've gone down in America just keeps to be, you know, slurping it up. When I did Let There Be Light, um, uh, you know, it, it did very well in theaters, and I thank those people that, that, that supported it, because much like what Miracle in East Texas is, we need word of mouth. We don't have $100 million to promote and advertise the movie to be on every, you know, football game and basketball game and golf uh, match, so, you know, we got to rely on word of mouth, and uh, the only way to get these movies out there is that way with the support of people because it's, like I said, to compete against Hollywood. Um, I sidetracked it a little bit because I'm going to go back to the success of Let There Be Light. I got a call from Netflix. Netflix says, you know what? We see that people love these kind of movies that are out there, and we're not really paying attention to that market. And we really want to maybe start an inspirational division to, to um, our you know, Netflix empire. And I said, well, I've got the product. I said, look, I've got stuff. It's not touched by an angel. My stuff is more like punched by an angel. Okay? So it's, it's not in your face. It's not you better believe in God. You better believe in this or you're going to go to hell or whatever. These are movies that have great stories to them, and they're, they're engaging and there's heavy drama, and, you know, we've hemmed and hawed back and forth for about six months now, and I still haven't pulled the trigger on some of the many wonderful projects that I have for TV and for and for the uh, theatrical release. Well, so we'll it's keep... weird they're sort of stuck in that world, and mm-hmm. I, it's, it's a tough battle for me to get them to break down and pay attention to 80 million households who want nicer products for their family. Well, it, most definitely, and there's a, I've had a guest on, Roberta Sutton, she's a uh, been substitute teaching in one of the metro schools here in the metro area and she's written a book what you don't know that your kids don't know 
And uh, so going back, kind of circling back, she said that she was substitute teaching in an English class in literature. And uh, it, and she didn't see any Shakespeare. She didn't see any of the classics. And so she asked about it, and they said, oh, we are only studying literature from the last 15 years. And she's like, oh my, gosh. my gosh. And she said, the literature is so dark. And, you know, I'm so concerned uh, regarding, I mean, our young people, but our young men in particular with the, you know, the suicide and, and um, you know, I think the marginalization of them. And uh, I, I think that we're seeing it because kids are just being bombarded with darkness instead of, you know, these great stories like you're doing. Well, and, that, and that, once again, I don't get what's going on in our public schools. I mean, they don't want to teach about the Civil War or the American Revolution or, or any kind of history that way. All the history they want to talk about is uh, ideologically based. And, look, I get stopped all the time. I travel all the time. And I used to get stopped because of Hercules or Andromeda. I get stopped all the time now for people saying, hey, please make more movies like God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light and Soul Surfer. I mean, this is what people want mm-hmm. to get out there. But the reality is, we are fighting a big machine that puts out what they want to put out. And, and it's, you know, there's, there's, there's certainly a uh, indoctrination with that as well. So, you know, I need people that want to invest in these kind of movies. That's what I'm looking for. I have a hard time finding raising 2 to $3 million. Sounds like a lot. That's nothing. That's catering on Pirates of the Caribbean or Avengers movies, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, need to find, I need to find investors. And that's, that's what happened with, with – uh, with my recent movie, Miracle in East Texas, I was at a speaking event out in Palm Springs, and a gentleman came up after I was signing my book and said, hey, I got this much money. Can you make a movie? And I said, yeah, I can make a movie out of that. And then we need to find money to promote it. It's called the P&A money, the prints and advertising money. Um, you know, like I said, Avengers will do a $300 million movie, and they'll spend $100 million or more promoting it. Well, I've got no budget for that. I've got to come on shows like yours and say, I hope somebody's listening. You get to, to come on shows <laughs> like mine, Kevin. You get to come I mean, on shows. I love to come on shows like yours. Are you kidding me? I love what you, I love what you guys are doing. But uh, it, it, it's so hard. I can't get on mainstream. I can't get on, you know, Let the Be Light was a wonderful family movie. You know, mm-hmm. I can't get on uh, any of the networks. They don't, they're not, not interested, you know. And uh, it's, it's, it's tough. The only outlet I have television-wise has been Fox Cable. They're happy to talk about movies that got a good message. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's weird where we're going right now. And you mentioned earlier with, with schools and you know, music or whatever it may be, they're, they're cutting out physical fitness. They're cutting out uh, um, drama classes. They're cutting a lot of places in there now that I think are good for kids to sort of expand the other side of the brain as well. But they're just not doing that anymore. Well, and we're going to go to break because I think uh, I'd like to come back and ask you, you had kind of hit on it, and that is really kind of the over-sexualization of, of art. But we've had something really crazy happen out here in Colorado, uh, which, you know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids, which, you know, movies that, that uplift the human spirit, you know, those are the kind of things that do that. But we're going to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk just a little bit more about kind of this over-sexualization of our kids and uh, and mention to you about a, a, um, a bill that has now become law out here in Colorado and just get your comments on that. So we'll be right back. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. Karen Levine is in studio as my guest chick. We have actor Kevin Sorbo uh, on the line talking about his movie Miracle in East Texas. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. 
Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, June 21st through Thursday, June 27th, features will include Toy Story 4, Godzilla, and Aladdin. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And thrilled to be having a conversation with actor Kevin Sorbo. He's got this great new movie coming out, Miracle in in East Texas. Uh, Kevin, during break, Karen Levine, who is, uh, she's an award-winning realtor. She's also um, a good partner of the AmeriChicks, had a comment. Karen? Um when you were talking, Kevin, about, um, you know, big Hollywood and the millions, billions of dollars they have to put into the film industry and you being, you know, an entrepreneur and um, doing these fabulous um, movies with great messages, it reminded me of um, a, we have several companies coming into the real estate space that have millions of dollars and are promoting on radio and, and TV, et cetera, et cetera. Um, thinking they're the answer to the buying and selling of real estate when the small guy, the independent person like myself, doesn't have those dollars. Um, and we build our, you know, our business on relationships, which is exactly what you're doing in the movie business. And I just found that parallel interesting. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, when I say stuff like that, I know, I know I'm not just talking about my industry because I know that kind of goes over to all places like that. Um, Look, I'm all for I'm all for capitalism. Uh, I, I believe in capitalism. I believe that's what made the country great was individuals. Uh, but it, you're right; it does it does create a uh, a problem for for people in you know in more like mom and pop stop things, which I think my my company is. It's just hey, we're just trying to do really good work and get good messages out there. But um, I've been very very grateful for the people that have come forward to to, to help out and want these things get done. So. I know there's a lot of uh, big money people out there that uh, you know two three million dollars to them is you know maybe two three thousand dollars to me. So um, if they want to keep these sort of movies out there and keep these things going, um, I'm always open for a dialogue to sit and chat because I've got wonderful scripts that deserve to be seen out there, and you're getting more and more actors that want to be involved in things like this as well. And uh, you know they're saying you know I, I didn't get into acting just to be surrounded by visual effects all the time and not to cut visual effects down. Like I said, I enjoy those movies too. But when you really look at an Avengers movie and you watch nine buildings go down New York City, you're going, huh, they just killed three and a half million people, but they're not talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. And I was interesting. Yeah. And I wanted to just mention 
out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. And it, it basically is saying that uh, all all schools, public schools, both charter and um, um, the other government-run schools, that uh, if they teach sex education, that they have to teach the experiences of the uh, LGBTQ. And I'm I'm scratching my head, and and it'll start really uh, for sure uh, with ten year olds in fourth grade. Uh, but it'll be you know trickling down into the the, the uh, kindergarten and up as well. And I'm just scratching my head because, you know, gosh, when I was in school, we were just trying to figure out how to stand in line and, you know, say our ABCs. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. I'd like to get your comment on that. And then you also just made the news uh, <laughs> with the, something you uh, said about the Toronto Raptors. So uh, first comment on the, the over-sexualization of our society. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, it, it, it re- it's being forced on our throats in every way. I honestly, I don't care if people's sexual preferences, you know, go for it, have fun, whatever. I just get tired of the fact that everything has got to be in every joke and every sitcom and every movie and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you want representation, you're getting plenty of representation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not like that. We're, we're, we're avoiding what, what's going on out there. But after a while, like going, you know, can't there be jokes? Can't there be shows? Can't there be movies that just deal with uh, other issues as well? I mean, like I said, I'm not a prude about this whatsoever. I, I don't. Uh, I, I, I'm in Hollywood. I mean, you know, there's 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 there's, I, there's gay people all around me, and like I said, I I don't care if people are gay. Be gay, fine. You know, get the same rights. I I don't oppose that kind of stuff. And I suppose on that side, that's where Christians will get mad at me, but. Um, to me, it's, it's, uh, I'm a live and let live kind of guy. I just get tired of the fact that it's got to constantly be forced down our throats all the time. Well, and to that, I, I, I should clarify, I'm, I'm really a live and let live girl as well. Where I'm concerned is that we are now using policy that if you don't affirm something that out here in Colorado, yeah. that, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. And that's long ways oh, away from, yeah. from live and let live. And uh, so thank no, you for clarifying right. that. I, no, but I, I agree. I agree with you there. You're right. It's 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 amazing that we're you know freedom of speech and tolerance is now a one way street, and mm-hmm. that that's that's a problem that we need to address. No question. Okay, and uh, so we have just a few minutes left, and <laughs> just notice that you're in Newsweek. <laughs> Did you see that today? This morning? No. Why am I in Newsweek? It says Kevin Sorbo to Toronto Raptors. Trump has done more for the African American community than Obama. Apparently, you uh, called out the Toronto Raptors. And uh, so you're in Newsweek this morning. Well, they, they made a comment that if Trump, and, you know, because usually the NBA, NFL, whatever Super Bowl and, you know, whatever champions from whatever sports team, they go to the, the visit the White House. And they've all said they're not going to do it because they hate Trump. And I'm like, going, well, wait a minute. Under Obama, African-American uh, unemployment doubled. And, and Trump, in two and a half years, has brought us down the lowest it's ever been. So... I, this 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 hatred for this president it just amazes me because it doesn't matter what he does he's doing some things that Democrats wanted ten years ago. You have these people on film mm-hmm. talking about uh, illegal immigration, for instance. Okay, we've had laws on the books forever. So to me, it's like it's it's so weird, and it just shows you once again the power of the media and mm-hmm. the mainstream media that they can just put out whatever they want and just slowly just 
you know, make people look just one way and one side. And I just thought it was kind of ridiculous. And, you know, I made a joke that we need more diversity in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because they complain about you have to hire, you know, different ethnicities for different groups. But here's the thing. I'm for hiring the best person. Right. And the best, the best, the best athlete, for the most part, are African-Americans. God bless you guys. I mean, I like watching the best play no matter where they are. I mean, look what Michael Jordan has, has done for basketball. Look what Tiger Woods has done for golf. I think it's fantastic. Competition, once again, is what made the country great. It's like they fight against themselves at that they're fighting against people that they think are fighting against them. That's weird to me. It's like I would hire the best person if I owned a business for the best, for the best job that they could give me in my business. But in, in American business, they say, no, you have to hire X amount of these type of people and these type of people. I'm going, well, I don't care what type of people they are. If they're white, black, where, from China, I don't care. I want to hire the best person to do the best job. So, you know, to, to me, be appreciative for the talent that you have as an African-American in sports and the amount of money that you make that, that the capitalist America system has set up for you. Well, to that point, I've always wanted to sing. But, Kevin, if we had to have affirmative action and that somebody had to hire me to sing, nobody would come to listen to me. So, you know, <laughs> you want to go and, and listen to that. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you know, and to that, I was at a, a meeting one time. I think it was at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, and they were talking about diversity. They were talking about, you know, all, all that. And the, there was a, a young woman who was black who was sitting behind me. And uh, she raised her hand and she said, uh, you know, I, I don't think I buy into all this. She said, I, I, um, I got a scholarship to a very prestigious university and I earned it. But as I walked around campus, people looked at me like I got it because of the color of my skin. And I wanted to say to them, no, 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 I earned it. And I thought that was very telling when she said that, Kevin. Oh, certainly. And, but the problem is our government keeps setting up. Um, for for the African American community to to get an easier path, and so people think that like exactly what you said, people will think that that woman didn't earn it when she actually she actually did, and it's sad what they're doing within to the African community, and they keep voting in the same people that make their lives I think m- much harder. And uh, I love what a Denzel Washington says. I love what. Um, I know Bill Cosby's not a popular name right now, but he was always for, you know what, stand up for yourself and get out there and work hard. Um, Denzel Washington was just nothing but a class act, you know. And this guy, he says Boys and Girls Club saved his life. and uh, But he went out there and he proved to the world he could do what he wanted to do. And I think, uh, I, I think there's plenty of people out there that want to prove to the world that they can be successful without the help uh, and so-called guidance of our government. I mean, I, I love what Ronald Reagan said. The biggest words to fear are, hi, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> so. that, that is for sure. And re, regarding Denzel Washington, if you go to YouTube, in 2011, he gave the commencement address. Uh, I'm not sure which college, but it is absolutely um, inspiring. So I would uh, welcome people to, to go look at that. So, Kevin, yeah, I, I, I've seen that. You're right. Yeah, right. It, it is awesome. And one quick comment before your final comment, and that is, Thank you for having these conversations. You know, this this tweet that you put out regarding the Toronto Raptors, 
you know, it's a conversation. It was is how you feel about it, and uh, it's a reasonable conversation. So thank you for being that voice out there as well and for the good work that you're doing. So your last comment, and then I always do a quote at the end of the, the show, and I have a quote from you for on that as well. So your final thought, uh, Kevin Sorbo. Look, I'm all for equal rights for everybody. I'm not opposing any of that stuff. I think there's a, a misguidance out there, and it's headed up by the mainstream media, that anybody has a different political opinion of the mainstream media is the enemy and needs to be taken down. And we're such, living in such an angry, hateful country right now that no matter what anybody does or says on the Internet, well, it must be true. And it's not. We're, we've gotten to a place now where everybody's guilty now until proven innocent. It's just totally flipped, and it's upside down, and it's crazy. And this attack on people for having a different point of view is nuts. Let's have, let's have civil conversations. I'm all for people having a different point of view. That's what freedom of speech in America was built on. So we need to get back to that instead of all this hate that's out there. Well, that's for sure. So, Kevin Sorbo, thank you so much. And here's your quote. You said, work hard, believe in your dreams, follow your dreams, don't give up, don't let failures hold you back. Those things were preached to me. They've taken a firm rooting in uh, a firm rooting system in my beliefs, and that's what I'm passing on to my kids. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Try, but try.